Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net where if you mouse over the link at the top of the page for online edition, you will see a link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu under online edition, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email also sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which does contain both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And today we're finishing up with Chapter 3, Retraining the Mind with Section 9, Creating versus the Self-Image. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause the lesson for the day, led by Fran. Today's lesson is Lesson 36. My holiness envelops everything I see. I need that there at the end. Okay. Um... This is one of my favorite things to do. Laurie, do you have one of your poetic openings for the call this morning? <laughs> I am so blessed to say I do, Lemoyne. Uh, it's a beautiful poem, a fun poem for today called Say Wow from Shailen Harkin in her book Susceptible to Light. And it just uh, uh, puts a spotlight on our lesson. Each day before our surroundings become flat with familiarity and the shapes of our lives click into place, dimensionless and average as Tetris cubes, before hunger knocks from our bellies like a cantankerous old man and the duties of the day stack up like dishes and the architecture of our basic needs commissions all thought to construct the four-door sedan of safety, before gravity clings to our skin like a cumbersome parasite and the colored dust of dreams sweeps itself obscure in the vacuum of reason, each morning before we wrestle the world in our hearts into the shape of our brains. Look around and say, wow. Feed yourself fire. Scoop up the day entire like a planet-sized bouquet of marvel sent by the universe directly into your arms and say, wow. Break yourself down into the basic components of primitive awe and let the crescendo of each moment carbonate every capillary and say, wow. Yes, before our poems become calloused with revision, let them shriek off the page of spontaneity. And before our metaphors get too regular, let the sun stay a conflict 
migration of homing pigeons that fights through fire each day to find us. My holiness envelops everything I see. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Uh, thanks, Lori. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. You bet. The city of wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, at this point, uh, to go through the list of uh, who's here and uh, reading. I have Lori, Fran, Diana, Karen, Jessica, and Donna. And with us in listening, I have uh, Judy and Ida. Is there anybody else who's joined the call would like to say good morning or join the reading list? Good morning, Lemoyne. Um, Ms. Lana, good morning, everyone. Um, I uh, will have to listen this morning, but thank you. All right. Welcome, Lana. Anyone else? Say good morning. Okay. I'll go ahead and get us started then with... uh, It's chapter three, conclusion of chapter three, retraining the mind. Section nine, creating versus the self-image. Every system of thought must have a starting point. It begins with either a making or a creating, a difference which we have discussed already. Their resemblance lies in their power as foundations. Their difference lies in what rests upon them. Both are cornerstones for systems of belief by which men live. It is a mistake to believe that a thought system which is based on lies is weak. Nothing made by a child of God is without power. It is essential to realize this because otherwise you will not understand why you have so much trouble with this course and will be unable to escape from the prisons which you have made for yourselves. Lori. Okay, thank you. Chapter 3, Retraining the Mind. Section 9, Creating versus the Self-Image. Every system of thought must have a starting point. It begins either begins with either a making or a creating, a difference which we have discussed already. Their rele- resemblance lies in their power as foundations. Their difference lies in what rests upon them. Both are cornerst- 
cornerstones for systems of belief by which men live. It is a mistake to believe that a thought system which is based on lies is weak. Nothing made by a child of God is without power. It is essential to realize this because otherwise you will not understand why you have so much trouble with this course and will be unable to escape from the prisons which you have made for yourselves. 73. You cannot resolve the authority problem by depreciating the power of your minds. To do so is to deceive yourself. And this will hurt you because you know the strength of the mind. You also know that you cannot weaken it any more than you can weaken God. The quote-unquote devil is a frightening concept because he is thought of as extremely powerful and extremely active. He is perceived as a force in combat with God battling him for possession of the souls he created. He deceives by lies and builds kingdoms of his own in which everything is in direct opposition to God. Yet he attracts men rather than repels them, and they are seen as willing to, quote-unquote, sell him their souls in return for gifts they recognize are of no real worth. Thank you, Lori. And friend. 73. You cannot resolve the authority problem by depreciating the power of your minds. <clears throat> to do so is to deceive yourself, and this will hurt you because you know the strength of the mind. You also know that you cannot weaken it any more than you can weaken God. The quote-unquote devil is a frightening concept because he is thought of as extremely powerful and extremely active. He is perceived as a force in combat with God, battling him for possession of the souls he created. He deceives by lies and builds kingdoms of his own in which everything is in direct opposition to God. Yet he attracts men rather than repels them, and they are seen as willing to quote-unquote sell him their souls in return for gifts they recognize are of no real worth. 74. This makes absolutely no sense. The whole picture is one in which man acts in a way he himself realizes he is self-destructive, but which he does not choose to correct and therefore perceives the cause as beyond his control. We have discussed the fall or separation before, but its meaning must be clearly understood without symbols. The separation is not symbolic. It is an order of reality or a system of thought that is real enough in time, though not in eternity. All beliefs are real to the believer. 74. Thank you, friend. Oh. Go ahead, Diana. This makes absolutely no sense. The whole picture is one in which man acts in a way he himself realizes is self-destructive, but which does not choose to correct and therefore perceives the cause as beyond his control. 
We have discussed the fall or separation before, but its meaning must be clearly understood without symbols. The separation is not symbolic. It is an order of reality or a system of thought that is real enough in time, though not in eternity. All beliefs are real to the believer. Thank you, Lamar. Um, and would you read 75, Diana? Oh, oh, yes. Um, 75. The fruit of only one tree was forbidden to man in his symbolic garden. But God could not have forbidden it, or it could not have been eaten. If God knows his children, and I assure you that he does, would he have put them in a position where their own destruction was possible? The tree, which was forbidden, was named the tree of knowledge. Yet God created knowledge and gave it freely to his creations. The symbolism here has been given many interpretations, but you may be sure that any interpretation which sees either God or his creations as capable of destroying their own purpose is the error. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. And Karen? 75. The fruit of only one tree was, quote-unquote, forbidden to man in his symbolic garden. But God could not have forbidden it or could not have been eaten. If God knows his children, and I assure you that he does, would he have put them in a position where their own destruction was possible? The quote-unquote tree, which was forbidden, was named the, quote, tree of knowledge, unquote. Yet God created knowledge and gave it freely to his creations. The symbolism here has been given many interpretations, but you may be sure that any interpretation which sees either God or his creations as capable of destroying their own purpose is in error. 76. Eating of the fruit, excuse me, eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge is a symbolic expression for incorporating into the self the ability for self-creating. This is the only sense in which God and his souls are not co-creators. The belief that they are is implicit in the quote-unquote self-concept, a concept now made acceptable by its weakness and explained by a tendency of the self to create an image of itself. Its fear aspect is often ascribed to fear of retaliation by a quote-unquote father figure, a particularly curious idea in view of the fact that no one uses the term to refer to the physical father. It refers to an image of a father in 
in relation to an image of the self. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica. <clears throat> 76. Eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge is a symbolic expression for incorporating into the self the ability for self-creating. This is the only sense in which God and his souls are not co-creators. The belief that they are is implicit in the, quote, self-concept, self-concept, a concept now made acceptable by its weakness and explained by a tendency of the self to create an image of itself. Its fear aspect is often ascribed to fear of retaliation by a, quote, father figure, a particularly curious idea in view of the fact that no one uses the term to refer to the physical father. It refers to an image of a father in relation to an image of the self. Images are perceived, not known. Knowledge cannot deceive, but perception can. Man can perceive himself as self-creating, but he cannot do more than believe it. He cannot make it true. And as we said before, when you finally perceive correctly, you can only be glad that you cannot. But until then, the belief that you can is the central foundation, central foundation stone in your thought system. And all your defenses are used to attack ideas which might bring it to light. You still believe you are images of your own creation. Your minds are split with your souls on this point. And there is no resolution while you believe the one thing that is literally inconceivable. That is why you cannot create and are filled with fear about what you make. Mm. Thank you, Jessica. And Donna. Seventy-seven. Images are perceived, not known. Knowledge cannot deceive, but perception can. Man can perceive himself as self-creating, but he cannot do more than believe it. He cannot make it true. And as we said before, when you finally perceive correctly, you can only be glad that you cannot But until then, the belief that you can is the central foundation stone in your thought system. And all your defenses are used to attack ideas which might bring it to light. You still believe you are images of your own creation. Your minds are split with your souls on this point, and there is no resolution why you believe the one thing that is literally inconceivable. That is why you cannot create and are filled with fear about what you make. 
78. The mind can make the belief in separation very real and very fearful. And this belief is the, quote, devil, end quote. It is powerful, active, destructive, and clearly in opposition to God because it literally denies his fatherhood. Never underestimate the power of this denial. Look at your lives and see what the devil has made. But know that this making will surely dissolve in the light of truth because its foundation is a lie. Thank you, Donna. And is there a new reader for 78 and 79? I can read Lemoyne. Okay, please go ahead. Okay. Right. 78. The mind can make the belief in separation very real and very fearful. And this belief is the in quotes, devil. It is powerful, active, destructive, and clearly in opposition to God because it literally denies his fatherhood. Never underestimate the power of this denial. Look at your lives and see what the devil has made. But know that this making will surely dissolve in the light of truth because its foundation is a lie. 79. Your creation by God is the only foundation which cannot be shaken because the light is in it. Your starting point is truth and you must return to this beginning. Much has been perceived since then but nothing else has happened. That is why your souls are still in peace, even though your minds are in conflict. You have not yet gone back far enough, and that is why you become so fearful. As you approach the beginning, you feel the fear of the destruction of your thought system upon you. As if it were the fear of death. There is no death, but there is a belief in death. Thank you, Lana. And uh, is there another new reader for 79 and 80? I can join the voice. 79 and 80. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Your creation by God is the only foundation which cannot be shaken because the light is in it. Your starting point is truth, and you must return to this beginning. Much has been perceived since then, but nothing else has happened. That is why your souls are still in peace, even though Your minds are in conflict. You have not yet gone back far enough, and that is why you become so fearful. As you approach the beginning, you feel the fear 
of the destruction of your thought system upon you, as if it were the fear of death. There is no death, but there is a belief in death. The Bible says that the branch that bears no fruit will be cut off and will wither away. Be glad the light will shine from the true capital foundation of capital life and your own thought system will stand corrected. It cannot stand otherwise. You who fear salvation are willing death. Life and death, light and darkness, knowledge and perception are irreconcilable. To believe that they can be reconciled is to believe that God and man cannot. Only the oneness of knowledge is conflictless. Your kingdom is not of this world because it was given you from beyond this world. Only in this world is the idea of an authority problem meaningful. The world is not left by death, but by truth. And truth can be known by all those for whom the kingdom was created and for whom it waits. Amen. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for paragraph 80? Another new reader? Okay, back to you, Lori. Oh, happiness. The Bible says that the branch that bears no fruit will be cut off and will wither away. Be glad. The light will shine from the true foundation of life, and your own thought system will stand corrected. It cannot stand otherwise. You who fear salvation are willing death. Life and death, light and darkness, knowledge and perception are irreconcilable. To believe that they can be reconciled is to believe that God and man cannot. Only the oneness of knowledge is conflictless. Your kingdom is not of this world because it was given you from beyond this world. Only in this world is the idea of an authority problem meaningful. The world is not left by death, but by truth. And truth can be known by all those for whom the kingdom was created and for whom it waits. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Well, I I think we might have enough time to read it through, just straight through. If you'd like to, you folks would like to do that to get better sense of yeah. the flow of this. Um, Sounds good. good. Okay. 
Well, let me ask here first. Uh, I think we're one reader shy of the nine paragraphs. Um, is there a new reader who would like to join and just read the first paragraph? This is Sandra I could read. Okay. Let's see. I'm uh, trying to do the reversal thing here. So I'll put you first, Sandra. Seventy-two, and then Judy was seventy-three. Then uh, Lana, Donna, Jessica, Karen, Diana, Bran, and Laurie. Uh, and I'll I'll prompt as needed. Oh, can you repeat okay. that list? I'm sorry, I I just got it. Sure. And give us the paragraph numbers. Can you do that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Okay, so um, uh, Sandra, 72, Judy, Judy, 73, Lana, 74, Donna, 75. <laughs> I'm going to switch these so it's not the same. Let's see. Karen, 76, Jessica, 77, and... Uh, Diana, 78, Fran, 79, and Lori, again, was 80. Okay. Um, so would you go ahead and get it started, Sandra? Sure. Chapter 3, Retaining the Mind, Part Nine, creating versus the self-image. Every system of thought must have a starting point. It begins with either a making or a creating, a difference, which we have discussed already. Their resemblance lies in their power as foundations. Their difference lies in what rests upon them. Both are cornerstones for systems of belief by which men live. It is a mistake to believe that a thought system which is based on lies is weak. Nothing made by a child of God is without power. It is essential to realize this because otherwise you will not understand why you have so much trouble with this course and will be unable to escape from the prisons which you have made for yourself. Sorry, I don't know whether I'm on mute or not. Creating versus the self-image, 73. You cannot resolve the authority problem by deprecating the power of your mind. To do so is to deceive yourself, and this will hurt you because you know the strength of the mind. You also know that you cannot weaken it any more than you can weaken God. The, quote, devil, unquote, is a frightening concept because he is thought of as extremely powerful and extremely active. He is perceived as a force in combat with God, battling God for possession of the souls he created, 
He deceives by lies and builds kingdoms of his own in which everything is in direct opposition to God. Yet he attracts men rather than repels them, and they are seen as willing to, quote, sell, unquote, him their souls in return for gifts they recognize are of no real worth. Case 74. This makes absolutely no sense. The whole picture is one in which man acts in a way he himself realizes is self-destructive, but which he does not choose to, to correct and therefore perceives the cause as beyond his control. We have discussed the fall or separation before, but its meaning must be clearly understood without symbols. The separation is not symbolic. It is an order of reality or a thoughts or a system of thought that is real enough in time, though not in eternity. All beliefs are real to the believer. The fruit of only one tree was forbidden, quote, forbidden, end quote, to man is a symbolic garden. But God could not have forbidden it, or it could not have been eaten. If God knows his children, and I assure you that he does, would he have put them in a position where their own destruction was possible? The, quote, tree, end quote, which was forbidden, was named the, quote, tree of knowledge, end quote. Yet God created knowledge and gave it freely to his creations. The symbolism here has been given many interpretations. But you may be sure that any interpretation which sees either God or his creations as capable of destroying their own purpose is an error. Eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge is a symbolic expression for incorporating into the self the ability for self-creating. This is the only sense in which God and his souls are not co-creators. The belief that they are is implicit in the quote-unquote self-concept concept now made accessible, acceptable by its weakness and explained by a tendency of the self to create an image of itself. Its fear aspect is often ascribed to fear of retaliation by a quote-unquote father figure, a particularly curious idea in view of the fact that no one uses the term to refer, to refer to the physical father. It refers to an image of a father in relation to an image of the self. Images are, not, are perceived, not known. Knowledge cannot deceive, 
but perception can. Man can perceive himself as self-creating, but he cannot do more than believe it. He cannot make it true. And, as we said before, when you finally perceive correctly, you can only be glad that you cannot. But until then, the belief that you can is the central foundation stone in your thought system. And all your defenses are used to attack ideas which might bring it to light. You still believe you are images of your own creation. Your minds are split with your souls on this point, and there is no resolution while you believe the one thing that is literally inconceivable. That is why you cannot create and are filled with fear about what you make. 78. The mind can make the belief in separation very real and very fearful. And this belief is the devil. It is powerful, active, destructive, and clearly in opposition to God because it literally denies his fatherhood. Never underestimate the power of this denial. Look at your lives and see that what the devil has made. But know that this making will surely dissolve in the light of truth because its foundation is a lie. 79. Your creation by God is the only foundation which cannot be shaken because the light is in it. Your starting point is truth and you must return to this beginning. Much has been perceived since then, but nothing else has happened. That is why your souls are still in peace even though your minds are in conflict, you have not yet gone back far enough, and that is why you become so fearful. As you approach the beginning, you feel the fear of the destruction of your thought system upon you, as if it were the fear of death. There is no death, but there is a belief in death. The Bible says that the branch that bears no fruit will be cut off and will wither away. Be glad. The light will shine from the true foundation of life and your own thought system will stand corrected. It cannot stand otherwise. You who fear salvation are willing death. Life and death, light and darkness, knowledge and perception are irreconcilable. To believe that they can be reconciled is to believe that God and man cannot. Only the oneness of knowledge is conflictless. Your kingdom is not of this world because it was given you from beyond this world. Only in this world is the idea of an authority problem meaningful. The world is not left by death, but by truth. And truth can be known by all those for whom the kingdom was created and for whom it waits. Amen. 
that worked out uh, perfectly in terms of time. And I'm glad that we did that. So um, it is that time when we turn to Fran. So I ask you to give your attention to Fran. She leads us in the lesson for the day. Please go ahead, Fran. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook, and today's lesson is lesson 36. My holiness envelops everything I see. So I shall read the lesson, and then we'll go and do our five-minute practice. My holiness envelops... Someone's not on mute. (laughs) My holiness envelops everything I see. Today's idea extends the idea for yesterday from the perceiver to the perceived. You are holy because your mind is part of God's. And because you are holy, your sight must be holy as well. Quote, unquote, sinless means without sin. You cannot be without sin a little. You are sinless or not. If your mind is part of God's, you must be sinless or a part of his mind would be sinful. Your sight is related to his holiness, not to your ego and therefore not to your body. Four three to five minute practice periods are required for today. Try to distribute them fairly evenly and make the shorter applications frequently to protect your protection throughout the day. The longer practice period should take this form. First, close your eyes and repeat the idea for today several times slowly. Then open your eyes and look quite slowly about you, applying the idea specifically to whatever you note in your casual survey. Say, for example, my holiness envelops that rug. My holiness envelops that wall. My holiness envelops these fingers. My holiness envelops that chair. My holiness envelops that body. My holiness envelops this pen. Several times during these practice periods, close your eyes and repeat the idea to yourself. Then open your eyes and continue as before. For the shorter exercise periods, close your eyes and repeat the idea. Look about you as you repeat it again and conclude with one more repetition with your eyes closed. All applications should, of course, be made slowly, as effortlessly and unhurriedly as possible. Lesson 36, My Holiness Envelops Everything I See. Five minutes.
Now I'll read the paragraph from the review of Lesson 36. My holiness envelops everything I see. From my holiness does the perception of the real world come. Heaven forgiving, I no longer see myself as guilty. I can accept the innocence that is the truth about me. Seen through understanding eyes, the holiness of the world is all I see. For I can picture only the thoughts I hold about myself. Lesson 36. My holiness envelops everything I see. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thanks so much, Fran. Well, thank you, guys. Somebody needs to mute there who's moving around. Good morning. It's Mindy. I'm on the move. I already did one of my practice periods. But as I was moving, because I couldn't sit, I've got an appointment. I just, when I was dealing with an object, I would just say my holiness envelops that towel. My holiness envelops that cat food. And this isn't going to take the place of a, a practice period. But it was just so clear to me that how wonderful to apply the idea today for whatever we happen to be doing when we're busy. And it just changed the the feel of my having to find the clothes and having to get the cat food out. It was like when I made everything holy, it was it became more of a um a pleasure than a chore. I'm complete. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. <clears throat> this is Jessica, and I did this lesson earlier on the other call, and, you know, I was thinking about when it says, my holiness envelops this body, I was thinking, well, there's no body here except my cat. And then, this time, I realized that if I say, my holiness envelops this body, meaning the one I'm presently inhabiting, it's very helpful in understanding that it's not that that's not me you know that it's this body and not you know uh, i was i was kind of like projecting all the holiness from my body in a way even though i know it's from my mind and so enveloping the this body really was helpful thank you Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Yes, helpful.
Hi guys, good morning. Very powerful text and lesson today. I had um, my first glimpse of of God looking through my eyes doing this lesson years ago, and it's I was driving down the road, country road, down a road that goes to the end of a peninsula, and um, just surrounded by big, huge trees, and the river was on one side, um, which followed the length of the peninsula that emptied into the ocean where I was going into the Atlantic Ocean. And, you know, stands of hundreds, hundreds of year old trees. And I was going to work, so I, I was familiar with the drive, and it's a windy, windy country road, so I was going slow, and I was practicing the lesson, and um, I really got a sense of what this this part of the text is talking about, and what the lesson illuminated in me that day, and continues to to grow. That the light is in me, and that it is the light of God that I see with, um, and that this you know, that this body is this instrument of perception and um, we're working on the undoing of the perception and, you know, the early, earliest lessons speak towards our looking inward and recognizing that thoughts are perceptions um, and the kinds of thoughts that we have lead to a perception of a, a separate self and a separate body and a separate world and a separate other bodies. And um, so that perception of myself is making me other other than God, making me separate from God. And it's becoming more and more and increasingly, increasingly clear how I separate myself. And um, wanting to understand that I can only truly see see with vision when I'm united when I've united my mind in, in Christ consciousness that I, I must have the awareness of whose mind I'm a part of in order to see at all because seeing through just through the body's eyes is inherently judgmental and is inherently separating me unconsciously. I do it automatically. That's all I ever knew. But this is a new way of seeing and a new way of knowing myself instead of perceiving myself. And so the recognition is that God sees everything as himself and holiness sees everything as holy and innocence sees everything as innocent. It's one way the only way, the way the, of the light and the truth, the one way. So wherever I go, I'm at home, and wherever I go, I see myself. <laughs> Nothing is a stranger to me, and um, there's not a single thing that's out of place or doesn't belong um, that isn't a call for love. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. That was so well said.
you know, too, what strongly came to me this morning was forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. And I, because there's a line in here about usurping the power of God. Maybe it's in this section or the, the last one what, that we read about the authority problem. And it, and it talks about usurping the power of God. And that really was like a stab through my heart when I read it. And I thought, I never wanted to do that. I wasn't aware that this is what I'm doing. And, um, um, but it, it's a belief that's very frightening to the separate ones, but hardly troubles God. He's eager to undo it, not to punish us, but only because he knows that it makes us unhappy. That the cause of, the cause of all our sin, sickness, suffering, and death is the belief that we, the false and mistaken belief that we are a body. So I rest, I rest in peace today, and um, feeling pretty good and holy. <laughs> Thank you, I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, it's um, I mean, this the belief in separation is a foundation for the uh, for a thought system I, I, I've always kind of struck when you <clears throat> reach for that word usurp because uh, it's it doesn't in separation it doesn't appear as usurpation <laughs> it appears as a desperate it may be a desperate attempt to survive or a need that isn't really there. So, yeah, just this one line from, I guess it was Friday's reading. You have not usurped the power of God, but you have lost it. <laughs> like so many... So many things he he writes you can take in two ways, not like they conflict, but that they apply wherever you might look, whether it's within or without the truth is still true, and uh yeah, it is it is about changing the core belief or maybe not even really changing it but just letting it go so that the truth can be uh, simply known anyway I'm complete thank you Lemoyne Thank you, Lemoyne. I like the part in the text where it speaks about what's irreconcilable, that 
um, truth and illusion, um, perception and knowledge are irreconcilable, but only through the understanding that it, we've just been mistaken, that we're not sinful or bad um, or even wrong because this is just the way we come into the world and this is why we came to learn this, what we're learning now, which is the truth and is the way and is the light. So I used to struggle with the idea that, you know, that they're in direct opposition and I'm usurping the power of God and it's like, oh, I'm taking all this 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 burden of judgment upon myself to to think I'm evil and there's something wrong with this and but he says, No, no, no. My burden is light and the um juxtaposition of that, that burden the burden is putting down the burden of judgment because you you're in the light and there's nothing you can do to ever have changed that that you are as God created you. You're perfect, you're innocent, you're without sin. And no matter how much you think you could, you're simply mistaken because you can't change the way God changed you to be. Changeless. <laughs> there, be glad. There's great joy in this. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be quiet now. Thanks, Judy. This is Donna. Thanks for the word joy. I've been working on joy. But this morning, the lesson really um, took a hold of me, grabbed me. And it occurred to me that happily, soon, it will dawn for real in my awareness. I was contemplating that ultimate reality, which to me would be my holiness can bring me to see I and my Father are one. I am ever with him in oneness, wholeness. I am complete, and I thank you, friends, for doing the lessons. You're welcome. That's beautiful, Donna. Thank you very much. That keyword awareness. Beautiful. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And uh, I sure miss being with you Friday. Judgment, the authority problem. That's a, a great section. It builds on Paul's well, foundation for this one. Uh, but I'm looking, I'm looking at three things this morning that have my attention. Uh, the first one is in the lesson itself. find that page just one second it's in my memory but I want to say it exactly right 
My holiness envelops everything I see. If your mind is part of God's, you must be sinless or a part of his mind would be sinful. Your sight is related to his holiness, not to your ego and therefore not to your body. Uh, that ego body uh, identification thing uh, seems to be really um, firmly attached to the idea of my. You know, ego body and my uh, seem to be falsely attached, but um, nonetheless uh, a problem for me. Uh, when I look at this lesson, you know, the, the ego uh, sees itself as in the body and of the body and with the body, and the body is not worthy to be its home, but nonetheless, ego, body, uh, identification are firmly attached to each other. My sight, he says, is related to his holiness. His mind. God is in everything I see because God is in my mind. My mind is part of God's. I am very holy. My mind. It seems um, correct to say that everything in this book, every lesson, is designed um, to help me correctly identify it identify it with mind and not ego body and for that to occur uh, it's very important for me to realize that um, my <laughs> as in possessiveness um, is part of the ego body illusion but there is a truth that is indeed mine and it's my true identity which has nothing to do with ego body awareness. My true identity, it's always capitalized, you'll notice, when, um, when my awareness lands on it correctly, it's capitalized in the same way that uh, words referring to source are capitalized because it's true and real and holy. <clears throat> And so um, every lesson is designed to uh, help my mind, the truth of me, my identity, land on itself in a capital I way. Holiness. Holiness. It's, uh, it's very difficult. Um, to attach my and holiness together without, in fact, it's impossible to attach my and holiness together without recognizing true identity as the right relationship of the created to the creator, the source to the son, the true son of God, the self, capital identity, we all share. And that 
that sense uh, that you get in the gut that says, my holiness, wait now, wait now, wait now. That sense of um, how can that be right that doesn't, that doesn't seem to fit is a symptom, <clears throat> a symptom of um, identity being sourced at ego and body. And that's, um, that's the error that this entire Course in Miracles is designed to correct so that my awareness lands on the truth of me. I'm going to say my favorite saying from Lee Flynn here at this point, when my awareness lands on the truth of me, T with the capital, it establishes the power of my peace over anything because it's the truth. It's the truth with a capital T. And, um, and loosening that unfortunate connection between my as in possessive ego body is the point of all our lessons, point of this entire work. And, um, and that's the error. It's just one error. We made one mistake thinking that identity is ego body, uh, that we left the right relationship in which we were created from our source. Just one mistake. And, and that one mistake uh, is corrected by atonement. It could never have happened. Man cannot create himself. He can believe he can, and that's the problem of self-concept, ego, body, awareness. And that's where my is falsely attached. But when I loosen that, I allow that to be loosened for me uh, by practicing these lessons. Um, ultimately, I come to the realization of capitalist self, true self, the, the, the entity as which I was created, a magnificent entity, the soul in a state of grace forever. And the healing that he refers to, he says your mind and your souls are divided on this. Uh, the healing of that idea is the atonement, also capitalized. When I accept the true relationship, what it's saying I accept atonement for myself I accept Christ's identity I accept my true relationship as I was created uh, by my father in eternal relationship with him as his loving creation perfect endowed with all the love of the creator able to create that is to say extend love as my creator did. Um, I'm focusing on that, where this comes from, where this holiness comes from, and who is the my that I'm referring to. The true my that I'm referring to is the Son of God, as I was created. It's no more uh, a possessive thing than anything in creation. God is not possessive of himself. He is everything and contains everything and shares 
everything of himself with his son. Not in a possessive way, but as truth. Um, and, and so, uh, loosening that idea of limited my uh, is the goal of all this work and uh, the goal of the correction of the atonement. And um, and that's one thing I wanted to um, highlight. The other thing that seems real important to me today is um, where he talks in 74 about, um, let's see, 73 is the setup for it, where he says the authority problem, you cannot resolve the authority problem by depreciating the power of your mind. That is to say, um, to do so is to deceive yourself. And this will hurt you because you know the strength of the mind. You also know you cannot weaken it any more than you can weaken God. That's, um, he wants me to know that as I was created, um, majesty, grandeur, um, are the right of the soul um, and, and say, oh well, you know, little old me doesn't matter at all, is to, um, to fail to recognize that I have a responsibility in this problem. Um, and, he, and he goes on to say, battling for possession of the souls he created, deceased by lies, blah, 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 um, repels he attracts men rather than repels them, and they are they seem they're seen as willing to sell him their souls in return for gifts they recognize are of no real worth, and that's important right there, um, because I have a responsibility in this problem. In fact, it would be um, God cannot God cannot tell me. Uh, okay, here's the truth, and you just accept it and go on your merry way, rejoicing. Uh, because the power of the mind uh, contributes to the essence of this problem in the my ego body identification. You see, I'm identified over there with the false thought system. And that's where I have a responsibility because I recognize this makes no sense in 74. The whole picture is one in which man acts in a way he himself realizes is self-destructive, but which he does not choose to correct, and therefore perceives the cause as beyond his control. By perceiving this as uh, just the way of the world, the way it is, uh, I cannot escape. Um, I have depreciated the power of my mind, number one. Number two, I've denied the source of my creation. Um, number three, I've made myself, uh, this entity I think I am, my small self, an effect of the world. I've broken my connection to capital C cause. There's one cause, there's one creator, one source. You who belong to first cause, you know, are more than merely guiltless. But this I must accept before I can realize that God is not just beside me, God is within me. Within me. 
And this ego body identification that I call my is outside of my truth. It's outside of me. Mind is entirely internal, he says. It does not go out. And the world that seems to be outside is also within. So is time. So is God. So is all creation. So is the kingdom. So is the, so is heaven, state of mind, you see. And so um, when I when I realize, uh, unbeknownst to me, I've been choosing this small thing. I've been making this small thing. I've been living behind this small thing that I call myself. Um, and I realize that my not a possessive, but an entity uh, is actually the self we all share. Um, where now is anything that's worthy of fear or defense or conflict or lack? Um, uh, where now is the world I thought I saw? You know, I'm free to love it now because it is as it was created. Um, and I can picture, he says in the review of this lesson, I can picture all the thoughts I hold about myself. When I understand my true self is as holy as it was created, now I can picture correctly. I can approach knowledge. I can recognize the difference between the ego thought system and the thought system of truth. And I can make a clear choice as to where I want to identify. I want to agree with my father as to the truth of me and his creation. Um, that's pretty good. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much, Lori. Lori? That was beautiful, Lori. Thank you. <sighs> This is Donna. Thank you, Lori. You made me see something. Up, up until this reading, I gave this human quote-unquote being experience no reality. I treated it like it's a fixation of my imagination. But what I got from the lesson today is that you can't deny, I call this that I am a mess because if it weren't for God, oh my God. But you can't, I can't deny that I have power, which, yes, I miscreated with it. But nonetheless, this, this reading today told me I have power. So, now I look at this little self different because I understand if I had talked my father had power to correct every single misstep, mistake, that's possible. Donna, Donna, do you have your thumb on your speaker? I can't hear you very well. 
<laughs> yes, I do. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I um I didn't give myself credit for creating this big mess because it's it's scary. But now that I understand, yes, I miscreated with the same power that I have as a son of God, but I messed up. But because of that, clearly me and now it understands that this is kind of how I've tried to live recently because I say, if God don't fix this, I'm in trouble. Well, the reality is the fix is in. And I'm understanding I've had everything taken away from me. I've worked hard all my life. I was self. I've lost everything physical in my life except that, my life. No matter how close I, I come to death, he restores me. So it makes me feel, even though I'm practically homeless, living, uh, putting my future present meals on future credit card debt, nonetheless, he has a plan for that. If he keeps me this close to him with pennies, he has a purpose for it. So I'm worried about nothing now. All I have to do is literally let go and let God and the lesson, my holiness really did get through to me. And I'm grateful. Thank you, everyone. I am complete. That's great, Donna. That's just great. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Hi, this is Diana. It's the word perception, I think, that I still wrestle with, right perception and wrong perception. Um, it's the, the, just the simple word perception gets me tripped up a lot when I'm, you know, when I'm reading through things um, because in perception, in our right mind, when we are in line with God, we're still in a body when in actuality we're bodiless. We are the spirit of certainty and and knowledge, which which is certainty is knowledge. There's no conflict in that. And yet in um eighty, the last uh paragraph, when they were pairing up words together. Let me see if I can find it. Um, um, it might not have been that paragraph. Oh, yes, it was. Life and it death. Is. No, okay. Light and darkness. Knowledge and perception. Here we go with that word again. Because it's just not perception and certainty. It's perception and uncertainty, too. And it's the word perception that I seem to wrestle with when I'm, when I'm um, you know, trying to decode these messages, if you will. 
but um, there was I I got into the after call and uh, before this one began. And there's my dog. <laughs> okay, buddy. Okay, Jack. Um, sit, sit down. Uh, levitate on the couch. <laughs> okay, hold on. This is um, lost my train of thought. I'm complete. Thank you. Thanks, Diana. That um, I, you know, let's see here. There is a certainty um, that the miracle gives. It's, it's a gift from God when uh, the truth of me lands in my awareness. Uh, and that's just, in, in my experience, it's the gift of God. I, I can't come up with it myself. I, I, there's no way except but for a miracle for me to realize the truth of me. Um, and, and the truth of me, the truth of God's creation is so all-encompassing. It's so inclusive. It includes God himself and all holiness. And that awareness is uh, the gift of the Holy Instant. It's the gift of God. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And as I say, that truth is so inclusive and so absolute, it comes with the guarantee of certainty. You know without a doubt, and I'm talking about there's no guesswork, uh, you know by direct experience the truth. It's as if, and I'll direct you to chapter 11, paragraph 60, it's as if uh, your mind has done a mind meld <laughs> in the old Star Trek way. You've done a mind meld with the mind of God. The mind of the Son shines into the mind of the Father and the, and the mind of the Father shines into the mind of the Son in such a way that um, certainty arrives in awareness. Absolute certainty and the experience is such that you can never, ever, ever forget it. It never, ever, ever leaves you. It's the one certainty uh, that's more certain than anything ever, anywhere. Um, he calls that knowledge. Um, now, as we go about in our daily life, you think back to the lesson that he talked about a cup. You know, I've given everything I see, all the meaning that it has for me. You hold the cup, for example. Do you know anything about this cup? Or do you know everything about this cup by virtue of your past association with it? You've touched it. Uh, you know from past that you can use it to give yourself liquids. In other words, we learn um, as little children and we go along in life and we, we so-called learn uh, what we like, what we don't like, what's according to our values, good or bad. Um, we're told what kind of trees there are and what's grass, and, and we're given all this information. If you remember, 
this is drummed into us over and over again, even when we're little kids. You know, here's a picture of an orange, an apple, a pear, and a shoe. Which one is different? You know, uh, by association and learning of the world or the way we teach ourselves what we like, what we don't like, uh, all of that realm of information, we call it information, is uh, perception. It's all perceptual. It involves interpretation. There's, there's some translating involved in what's a cup or what's a computer mouse, you see? Um, that's different than absolute certainty by direct experience of what truth is. That's knowledge. My problem as an ego, uh, and and here's here's something that um, is a little bit mind blowing, but um, only if I think my mind is in a body, only if I think that's where my mind is, is there even an outside? You know, but in the perceptual world. I'm thinking I'm in a body, and so everything outside of me, I'm interpreting with my senses. And I'm letting everything outside of me tell me what it is. And now I feel for sure like I'm in a body, (laughs) and everything's outside of me. When in point of fact, um, kingdom of heaven is within. You see? And it's within um, the realm of God's creation that I can know that everything is one with God. I can know. I can know without a doubt that the world is within me, that um, I am one with cause and everything is within the mind of God, including me. Not an ego body, but the truth. See, and so uh, perception is the umbrella word, world, word to describe everything that I think is outside of me, because I think I'm in a body. When I'm right-minded, I know that that's not true. When I'm right-minded, I know that unity is the truth of everything. And right-mindedness is seen with the Holy Spirit, the truth, you see. So he just wants me to know, perception is not bad. I mean, it's kind of a fact of life. But I don't want to use what my body's eyes tell me to describe the nature of truth. Because if I do, by virtue of thinking I'm in a body, I've made everything separate from me. The atonement is the correction for that. Uh, accepting atonement for myself is, is the correction for all of that problem. Um, so anyway, um, it's hard hard to avoid thinking, okay, I'm perceiving, therefore I've got it wrong and I'm bad. And that's not what he's saying. He's saying, you can know. You can know the truth. And um, it doesn't involve any interpretation at all. It's direct experience. 
um, the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm complete. Oh, that was good. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Um, Thank you so much. There was a a caller on the other line uh, before I came in at the tail end, um, and somebody was talking about holy. And holy, another word, uh, let me see if I can remember what she said because I, I thought it was really good. Holiness is my wholeness. And she and she referred to H-O-L-Y is my is my wholeness a protective force that is all around me but what she said through my wholeness I am W-H-O-L-E again whole again I thought that was really good and worth repeating Um, and thank you for the explanation Lori on perception because when it they did pair it with the word um knowledge knowledge is the only certainty and and our perception can lead us to knowledge right perception wrong perception is it's it's that it's that teeter-totter balancing act where are we in the neutrality of being on that on that ledge you know um yeah, it became a little bit more clear with your description. Thank you, Lori. I'm complete. Oh, that's good. Thanks, Diana. <laughs> oh, thanks, Diana. <clears throat> when you when you put together wholeness and holiness, I was reminded of um, a beautiful quote in chapter 24 the resolution of the dream um, he says uh, the Christ in you is very still and he saw you were incomplete and so he sought for your completion in everything he sought for your completion in everything um, you know um, that's holiness that's, that's, I'm going to get that quote for you in a minute I'm complete. Char, what the hell's going on out there? Oh, so hi, it's Karen. Um, I had to step away, and and um, back, and I was wondering if I could share. Uh, Come ahead, Karen. Okay. My holiness envelops everything I see, which was um, related to yesterday, which is my mind is part of God's. I am very holy. So um, we've been reading about the self-image, and today is also about the self-image. And when I'm identified with the self-image that I made, in other words, my ego, when I'm identified with my ego mind, 
my history and my body. Um, I am identified with a false reality. And I just loved today's reading so much. I mean, I came back on the call because it's really one of my favorite readings of all time. It says, um, it is a mistake to believe that a thought system which is based on lies is weak. Nothing made by a child of God is without power. So the belief in the thought system, belief in the self-image of my ego, even though it's based on complete lies, is anything but weak. Anything but weak. And then it goes on to say um, that the separation is not symbolic. It's an order of reality or a system of thought that is real enough in time, though not in eternity. All beliefs, once again, all beliefs are real to the believer. That is like one of the most powerful statements of the whole course, in my opinion, that this this belief in a separate self, belief in uh, the possibility of being in hell, it, it's so real if you believe in it. And the third thing, the third read, uh, excerpt from today's reading is, the mind can make the belief in separation very real and very fearful. And this belief is the quote-unquote devil. It is powerful, active, destructive, and clearly in opposition to God because it literally denies the fatherhood. Never underestimate the power of this denial. Um, in the system of thought of an ego-made self-image. That's hell. That's the world. Um, it's hard to to really understand when you're in the Christ light and you're in the truth and you're standing in the holding just that envelops the world. It's like you're in such a peace and you're in so much protection that it seems hard to imagine how people could be lost in that separation consciousness. <laughs> I personally am living in two worlds because my daughter is absolutely creating hell everywhere. It's just everywhere it's manifesting. It was bad last week, and it's just like exponentially it's tripled today. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do because it's whack-a-mole. You can help her with one problem, but another pops up. I mean, since I've been on the calls, I've shared so many times. And what's happening right now, it's just un it's beyond belief. I do not know what to do. And her pain is so serious and so severe. And... When I, when I talk to her, I feel it. Yes, false empathy. I understand false empathy. 
I just, I don't know what to do. But God's holiness, God's holiness is in my mind. And God's holiness envelops the world through me. And if I could come to believe that without faltering at all, can't be just a little bit pregnant, right? If I could, if I could totally, totally get this, maybe I could help her. I don't know. I'm just trying to hold on to survive without being com- completely consumed by the illusions, the Maya. Thank you for letting me share. I just love, love, love this one section of the course. I used to believe in the devil, and I used to really believe in the devil because, you know, my history was, that was that was taught to me when I was very, very young, and I'm so grateful to know it's just a thought form, a thought form. It's a belief. Um And just because it's a lie doesn't mean it's not powerful. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank Thank you, Karen. This is Sandra, and I, I just want to say my holiness envelops my victimhood and by the world's standards I have experienced victimization and it's such a hard one to let go and I have proof all around me that I'm not a victim of the world I see but once you've experienced trauma and I know you have Karen really hard to break the pattern so I'll just keep saying the lesson over and over again my holiness envelops my victimization I'm complete oh beautiful thank you Sandra thank you Sandra and Karen Yeah, thank you, Sandra. I pray for your daughter. I pray for you guys and yourself. Prayer is powerful. Thank you, Asia. You're welcome. You bet it is. If you want to call the Silent Unity Prayer Line, I'll give you the number of it. 
A whole bunch of people will pray for you and your daughter for 30 days straight. Um, just let me know on the call now or some other time. When I think about everything that's been done to the world, the world that is in my mind and everybody else, everybody else that seems to be here is in my mind just as in my, I'm in your mind. But when I think of everything that I've heard was done to the earth herself, to the people of the earth, to the systems of the earth, the business, the health, the medicine, the education, the food supply. I think that all of us, all of us are doing, no matter what problems we seem to have or how much pain we seem to go through, and I've been through a lot of pain, okay, at times in my life. I think we're all doing really well. I really do. It's just like what you compare it to. And... Any of us that are um, alive, physically, and breathing on this earth are doing really well. In my perspective, thank you. I'm complete. Thanks, Ida. Yeah, thanks, Ida. And uh, I'm. <laughs> this is one of those things. I know where to go, but I'm really unclear <laughs> how to start. So let me just. I'm going to start with what you brought up, Donna, or Diana, excuse me, Diana, <coughs> and Donna. <laughs> that. This thing, life and death, from the last paragraph of today's reading, life and death, light and darkness, knowledge and perception are irreconcilable. And then he goes to something that says, to believe that they can be reconciled is to believe that God and man cannot. And that and it cannot be reconciled. 
and if you think I think this may you know at first that sounds like oh no I'm really screwing up everything <laughs> but it it's it's also I think pointing at the way out if you look at the struggle <clears throat> of uh you know if you think of escaping your own perceptions is a struggle. This is fearing your own thoughts. And and then, you know, it's like cast, it's like continuing the uncertainty of always questioning perception. And then maybe, and, you know, the, this, that is, in effect, is questioning knowledge of who we are. The frame, though, that the of what the course is about is reconciling us to the truth of who we are as um, the means of restoring inner peace. So instead of questioning, uh, you know, ourselves constantly about how we see what we see, it's the step is to understand that it's probably, you know, like the ego speaks first. You know, our first perception may well be um, tainted, if you will with uh, separation and and any uncertainty arises should be treated perhaps as just simply a sign we don't know and then that is you know an internal call for healing and for help and there is always something there to return to is that this course is describing a, a you know a salvation a great transformation things like that saving the world but it's really just a return to a natural state so and, and you know this thing of perception and knowledge I mean, chapter 13 is titled From Perception to Knowledge. I think it's uh, I think it's an error that I've, <laughs> I've often done is, you know, dem- demanding all of it now, and if I don't have it all now, then I judge myself. And it's like I'm completely lost in, you know, the hallway of perception with that. I've defined this, you know, I'm defining what I don't know <clears throat> because I've lost it and then judging myself against what I think. It's, it's all self-perception still on that level of trying to struggle out of perception to knowledge. <clears throat> and so... 
you know, this, what there is is to accept that it's already here and I'm separating myself from it. And, uh, gosh, I don't want to read the whole thing, but from the beginning of chapter 13, don't want to lose, lose the point here in reading too much, but the chapter 13 begins with this. All therapy is released from the past. That is why the Holy Spirit is the only therapist. He teaches that the past does not exist, a fact which belongs to the sphere of knowledge and which therefore no one in the world knows. It would indeed be impossible to be in the world with this knowledge. For the mind that knows this unequivocally, there is no past, knows also that it dwells in eternity and that mind uses no, utilizes no perception at all. It therefore does not consider where it is because the concept where does not mean anything to it. It knows that it is everywhere just as it has everything and forever. Now, the difference between perception and knowledge becomes apparent if you consider this. There's nothing partial about knowledge. Every aspect is whole, and therefore, no aspect of se- is separate. And... <clears throat> It goes on, you know, so the, I think the thing is about it, you can't reckon, we can't reconcile perception with knowledge. And yet the way out is, is a corrected, you know, it's correction. It's a replacement. As much as we will allow ourselves knowledge to inform all our perceptions. And, uh, uh, and so, I don't know if this is helping, but I would go on to do where I, how I ended up here with this chapter 13, from perception to knowledge. It offers this um, pair of thoughts in chapter 5. This is the miracle of creation, that it is one forever. Every miracle you offer to the Son of God is but the true perception of one aspect of the whole. So, you know, it's, uh, it is uh, reaching for a unity that's there, but, you know, we, in the, uh, Creating ourselves is, or attempting to create, treat, however you, perceiving ourselves as separate. We haven't usurped the power of God, but we've lost it. And it is 
it is released back to us by seeing that every aspect of creation is the same, perceived in the same light, and therefore one. And it is it is a replacement of um, of the perception <clears throat> born of separation with Christ's vision that this course aims to you know, release us to. It's not It's not something you we can. I don't believe it's something that can be struggled into but it is something that can be accepted because it is already. And so, <laughs> yeah, it, it's that denial that we built up that is the issue. And the answer, I believe, is not a struggle against the, the denial as much as <clears throat> really reaching to see what we denied because it is the truth. And uh, the only miracle, one more line from chapter 13, the only miracle that ever was is God's most holy son created in the one reality that is his father. Christ's vision is his gift to you. His being is his father's gift to him. Again, you. Anyway, I will stop there. And thank you all for being here and uh, for listening, for sharing. <laughs> when I'll end the recording, but not the call. And so 